This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 20 of the Wisdom by Wisa show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Mike Donnell. I'm Casey Wilbanks Coletti. And this is Sophia Aguilar. Welcome to the Wisdom by Wesa podcast on the Horse Radio Network. This podcast is brought to you by the Western and English Sales Association, WISA, which provides the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives of the equestrian industry. In this podcast, we feature exclusive interviews with noteworthy Western and English personalities, retailers, and exhibitors who you've always wanted to talk to. Don't miss out on all the news for manufacturers and retailers in the equine industry. Sophia, thanks for joining us again today. Yeah, hi. Hi. So I hear that the registration period for exhibitors to the 2019 June market have been closed, but can you tell us when the deadline is for retailers to sign up? Yes. So technically the buyer registration never closes because we can still let people register once they are at market during the market days. That is even if they come to the market at the last day, but I do recommend new buyers or really any buyer to submit their buyer application beforehand just so they don't have to wait in line but also to make sure that they fulfill all the requirements and don't get turned away. And what are those requirements and qualifications one have to have in order to be able to attend the WISA market as a buyer? Yes, yeah, so they do have to have four different things. It's a copy of an ID as well as a business card or void of business check and a copy of a retail license, but most importantly we need copies of three invoices from three different western English wholesale vendors which basically just shows that they have purchased in quantities for resale and that just proves their retail status because again the market the western market market isn't just open to the public is the store owner the only one that can attend no so every store can get up to two guest passes but they can of course also add an employee as a new buyer to the store and then they would just have to bring employment credentials. Besides shopping the newest products and trends, what other incentives does WISA offer specifically for buyers? So the buyers get a complimentary lunch that is offered, and of course they can attend all the other events as well, such as the, the two parties that we have, the opening at reception on Wednesday, and then the roundup at the Rose Party on Thursday. Um, We have lots of giveaways and multiple ways to win gift certificates and, of course, a fun photo booth as well. And lastly, how can someone register as a buyer and where can they do that at? So they can register online at westsidetradeshow.com, either click on returning retailer to register or new retailers to apply. Or you can also call Gina at the office um, and once you're approved, Gina will send you your badges per mail so you don't have to wait in line and can just walk right into the Wessa market. Well, as always, thank you for your valuable information. And today we're going to get on with a really good guest, Jesse Roberts. Cheekies was founded in 2011 by Jesse Roberts as a tanning salon on the main street of a small Idaho town, which sold a few purses. In just six years, the business's dramatic growth caught the eye of Inc. Magazine, one of the Bibles of the entrepreneurial world, which published a feature detailing Jesse's success in building Cheekies into a $2.8 million retail brand. Last month, Jesse's new book, Backroads Boss Lady, was published, in which she shares her firsthand account of her business 
and her personal philosophy. Jesse Roberts, thank you so much for spending a little time with us on the Wisdom by Wisa podcast. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to be here. I mean, you are, for our listeners, this lady has many talents. Uh, She is a triple threat. She uh, has built a very, very successful uh, retail business that has tentacles reaching around the world. Um, She works with other retailers and people who would like to help her in her business. And on top of that, she found time to write a book called The Backwoods (laughs) Boss Lady. But why don't we go back and let's go back in history. And let's chat okay. a bit. Let's chat a bit about how Cheekies came to be. I mean, a tanning salon selling a couple of bags to uh, a company featured in Inc. magazine. And if you can cover that broad spread in 20, 30 seconds, wouldn't that be fun? Um, well, I think uh, the biggest thing for people to know is that I didn't just have time to write a book. I had a co-writer and I have this saying that I can't do great things alone. And so it's not fair for people to think that I'm a, a triple threat rather than hopefully a triple benefit. And that it certainly isn't something that I did by myself. Um, lots and lots of other people <laughs> have participated to make Tiki's what it is today. Um, you know, so Uh, Yes, we did start as a little tanning salon in a little tiny town of about 1,400 people, and we are actually still in that town. Um, And this last year, I purchased the original building that the first Cheekies was in. So that's kind of exciting. And, of course, uh, the four buildings next to it as well so that we could have some space. And um, and we are carried in 3,500 retailers in the U.S. and Australia. There seems to be a lot of uh, really fabulous Western folks in Australia as well. I really uh, discovered as a retailer that um, a lot of the products that were available to retailers was either the same or um, not designed by someone inside of our industry. And so my goal was to create authentic products that my customer could actually afford Um, I love going to Denver and going to market. And I actually just spoke last week at the great Western show in Montana. And so many things are so out of reach financially for my customer that I really wanted to try to figure out a way to start providing super authentic and great products that, um, my customer could actually, um, have and be able to afford to have. So I think that was kind of the thing that worked for us is that we tried to be both authentic and affordable and it just kind of spread like wildfire. In mentioning that it spread like wildfire, was this ever a goal of yours? What what was your main goal when you when you started? I, I know sometimes things seem to happen on their own. Is that is that how it progressed for you or did was this a, a goal initially for you? Well, um, not to sound salesy, but I do go through a ton of that in the book Uh because that is a question that a lot of people uh, want an answer to. And um, I recently made a post on my Instagram because I was attending all of these events with the book and Uh everybody was like talking about their vision boards and their why. And I was like, my first vision board was a grocery list. 
And my why was feeding four kids. So yeah, like, it was, sure. you know, my goal was not, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to start this fabulous brand and I'm going to reach sure. out and make it explode. It was, how am I going to sell this stuff today and be able to pay the bills and, sure. um, you know, buy dog food? Because sure. um, my husband has this, love of all things animals. So we have like a million <laughs> and I had to buy meat for all of them. I think what happened was, is as I started purchasing products, I started, you know, like to resell, I started realizing like, I'm not the only person that's like me, you know, like I'm not the only person that wants to feel beautiful or have something that fits and doesn't have a million dollars to spend on it. As I started like finding more products and building my own products, it, I think that's what made it go. Okay. And then I started seeing like, there were other people that had dreams. There were other artists um, that were really fabulous, but they could not get their own products cost down low enough. Mm -hmm. So I started learning how to collaborate with other artists and, um, and mass produce their products where they could still sell the original but I could help feed their families and pay their bills by quote unquote, making knockoffs of their products with their permission. And, um, and then providing that product to people that wanted to have reasonably priced uh, points inside of their stores. So, you know, when you have something, I always used to say, you can either have, you can only pick two, you can have good, fast or cheap. Right. And, but you can't, you can't have all three. You only get to pick two of those. Um, it seems like it's not possible to have all three. And so my goal was to try to, to get all three and lo and behold, the more and more I tried to do that, the more other people wanted to have those things. So it kind of snowballed. You mentioned your book. It's called Backroads Boss Lady. And I do want to get to that before we let you go today. But I want to go right back to the products. And you said a couple interesting things while we were talking just then and kind of how you selling, making knockoffs with people's permission, selling at a more affordable rate. That yeah, That's something very quite unique that I don't think a lot of people would think of. And I don't definitely don't want you to give all your secrets away by all means, but I do want to talk about your product specifically. Um, I, well, I'm just scrolling through just some so of you your... know, uh-huh. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, go but ahead. I actually did an interview and somebody asked me how I knew I was successful. Like when did that moment happen? Sure. Yeah. And I learned that it was when I no longer had to keep secrets. So I don't mind sharing those secrets. Like <laughs> it actually really fulfills me to be able to share that with other people. Awesome. So yeah. you feel free to ask whatever you okay. want and I will do my very best to answer it. <laughs> okay. Well, I do, I do want to talk about that, but I also want you to just talk specifically about your products and you offer a wide variety of products. And I'm just looking at your t-shirts right now. There's um, very tongue in cheek type of um, Sure. Yes. It's very funny. And and that's totally my personality. So I'm sitting here kind of shopping along as we go. But, um, you know, also you have jewelry, caps, beanies, uh, just handbags, uh, footwear, body care. I mean, this is this has expanded quite vastly. If you had to. What yeah. is your favorite product? What what is your uh, and only because, you know, you see this every day. So what is your wow factor? What is your favorite product? Well, I, I think I have more than one. So let me tell you a couple. Um, 
I really love the fact that, so it took me almost two years to really design just our basic scoop (laughs) Um, because women's bodies changed between an extra small and a 3X and they don't just get larger. And so I really love the fact that we can oftentimes provide products. We have a monthly box that we send out that's like a surprise. Uh Um, This month's box is our Soulful Sisters and we have a little bad girl edition. Um, But they are specifically designed to get girls to try things that they wouldn't normally try. Um, but yet not pushing them so far that they're like, I would never wear that, you know? Um, so I do really love when we create a product that girls will say, I would have never worn a poncho, but I wore it to church this Sunday and I got so many compliments or, you know, like, so I, or I'm afraid to wear mustard and I wore it for the first time. (laughs) So the products that I love are the ones that make girls feel beautiful, um, or feel pretty when they least expected it. You sure. know, um, I don't want them to feel like they have to compromise being comfortable and content in what they're wearing and beauty at the same time. They can still feel a little sexy, a little fun, but yet they're still really comfortable. And right. so those products I do love, um, but I love our jewelry. Um I love importing jewelry. I love designing jewelry. I love that I have so many artists and um, stampers, leather workers, um, silversmiths that I get to help get their product and their name out into lots of people's hands. Collaborations are probably also my favorite. Yes. Well, I just love the t-shirts. I'm scrolling through them. Like I'm kind of chuckling to myself on <laughs> underneath here as I... <laughs> what started us. Um, yes. so those two are collaborations. Almost all of our designs are hand-drawn. Um, we don't use a lot of like commercial fonts and stuff that are available. Um, we actually have, you know, sought out great artists that hand-draw those and then we turn them in to uh, screen printing. And we actually have a press. Um, it's one of the largest in the Pacific Northwest. We can um, if we had the power and infrastructure, which we are currently building, um, because I continually outgrow my um, utilities inside of my community, we can print about 1,200 shirts an hour. Wow. Um, yeah, that's pretty That's pretty crazy. We've actually only been able to get it up to about 500 an hour. Um, but that's, you know, again, that's because we don't have the facilities here to be able to do that. Um, running a rural business is um, has its own unique challenges. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Don't Be Ask Me Darling is the first shirt that really blew up for us. I think it's seen right, uh, the original post seen right around 8 million people on Facebook. Um, just the first post. I love it. I love it. And I do want to move on to your book, but I, I do want to focus on the comment you made about um, you will do some knockoffs of merchandise with people's permission at a lower, more affordable cost. Just kind of briefly fill us in on that concept and what you're doing and some of the products that that has happened with, because that's, that's quite unique. Well, I'm really excited because I think that the mindset of a lot of Western retailers is very traditional. And so it is very scary for them to consider 
knocking themselves off. But I constantly am telling them, knock yourself off before someone else does, you know, because it is very, very difficult when your product is being knocked off overseas for Mm -hmm. you to trace that back down. And because people are looking for affordable um, solutions, you know, or retail items, they will buy the knockoffs. You know, your retailers will do that. So I tell them, I'm like, let's do this for you. Let's make an economy line. Um, You make the original, I'll make the economy or the value line for you. And, um, and then I pay them a percentage or sometimes they just love the fact that it sells the originals um, a lot easier for them. They still get to sell the original. I, I can knock them off with their photographs um, and measurements, which is great. And so like, for example, I have a a really good friend. Um, She is in um, Texas. She's an amazing artist. She paints beautiful things. Um, and so I had her paint a canvas. She did this shirt that's on our site that is, uh, be a cactus in a world for pansies. Um, we recently did some earrings that she, um, she painted on a canvas and I moved them over to a synthetic leather. So what happens is, is I can resell a product for her for $14 wholesale that, you know, for 50% off. And she's still making 50 cents or a dollar a pair of earrings, but all she did was make one pair. The originals sell for 40 to $50 a pair. Sure. Um, So, but it gets her name out there. It's it's fabulous. Um, I don't know if you know. Yeah. Pink Panache, um, Didi and Noel, the sisters that own that fabulous jewelry brand that is made in Texas. Um, this last year, they have really been embracing their brand has been knocked off more than any other jewelry line I think I have ever seen in the Western industry. And um, now they are embracing and working on manufacturing their own knockoffs. Um, so instead of them going to a show or to a market and just being devastated by seeing yes people yes. selling their dream, yes, they have actually been in collaboration with these people now. Sure. And now they are able to offer that and actually feed their families um, by doing some of their right. own uh, mass manufacturing, it's, which I have spent years building relationships with to try to help them. It's very interesting because um, we, we do see that a lot in the Western industry. And it, a lot of times it did begin with somebody's vision, their heart, their soul, everything went into it. And then the next thing you know, uh, there's this person and this person basically knocking it off, as you say. And it is very disheartening. And I find this a very unique solution. And it's uh, I'm quite impressed. And I'm, I'm not... Uh, I do know I can see now why you've succeeded so well. You obviously are out of the box thinker. Uh, you're, you're not just <laughs> running a clothing company, uh, a boutique by all means. There, there's a lot of business that goes into it. And that leads me to your book. You, you mentioned that it's maybe a manifesto on how to do everything from overcome haters to persevere in business. And it, I haven't read your book. I'm going to read your book. I haven't read your book, but... You just that, just that line alone, um, 
I don't think this would just help people in business or just help people in a boutique atmosphere. Oh no, it's but, definitely not. Yeah, the there's book. we we deal with quote unquote haters in every aspect of right uh, of life, whether it be at this age or uh, young children. We hear about bullying, so it seems like this might encompass a whole lot about life in general. It does, you know. Um, originally, of course, my publisher is a big old New York City publisher. And um, I wanted to write a book originally that was for the mom and pops out there. The people that don't have boardrooms, they're worried about keeping the lights on, the water on, you know, how do you sponsor a kid in 4-H and still buy groceries for yourself? Like, I wanted them to have a book that they could go to and immediately not have to have some fancy resource that they have to drive into the city to get but they could start making an impact in their business and their um, bottom line right away. And um, then as I started writing the book, it became so much more. I really started to discover what, um, what my little town meant to me. Um, Did I was, were a lot of these things that were going on in my business and in my life, actually reflections of what was going on in my life, not what I thought you know, like, oh, that lady doesn't like me. Maybe it was me that didn't like me, you know? (laughs) And so um, it was really important. Well, then my publisher read it and she's like, okay, I asked for a Heartland book and it's super cool because I get to hear about this beautiful place that you live and have created a business and this industry that, you know, she found extremely interesting, which has been really nice to have so many people outside of the Western industry read the book and go, gosh, I just didn't even realize that whole world existed. And, um, and she's like, I can use everything I read in this book. She's like, I'm dealing with the same thing with my kid. And I live in Manhattan. You know, I know what it was relatable across the board because we're human. And so I wrote the book really, I ended up writing it for people, not you know, for people who are not afraid to just uh, be vulnerable for a minute and realize that we're all people. Um, I'm really hoping that it, it does touch people. You can definitely get good business advice in it. Um, and you can learn lots of cool stuff. Um, and I touch on things that I've had some people in the Western industry read the book and go, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that she brought up China, you know, or I can't believe that she brought up the fact that everything that she has isn't made in America. And she talks about it, you know, like there are people that get a little like shell shocked over that, but it's like, let's just get real for a minute, you know, like, let's just talk about this and let's figure out how to feed our families and actually be content and driven at the same time. Well, and that, and your book can actually be purchased on Amazon, correct? Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, just about any um, indie book. You can get it anywhere. Great. I think well, it's on I'm, sale on Amazon right now. So. Oh, perfect. Well, I'm going to let Mike jump in here. Sometimes he doesn't like to talk about women's clothes, but I know he likes to talk about the business aspect. Well, I just want to mention a couple of things as we uh, uh, get to the end here. One of the things you have managed to do uh, from your headquarters in a small Idaho town is master social media. I taking a look, uh, there was a sheet that was sent to us with some of the figures on your social media reach. A million five to two million people reached every week on Facebook. 
413,000 followers, a million five videos viewed in April 2018 alone. I mean, these are phenomenal numbers. Obviously, it helps you build your business, but it also shows that you have a feel for as you're living out your business dream and working with these people, everybody knows that one of the powerful weapons that you use is social media. I think the secret to that for us has been people call my husband and I uh, the redneck version of Chip and Joanna Gaines. (laughs) I'm not a super skinny, like beautiful model. My husband definitely would remind me more of Chip, but you know, we just became very authentic. And I think that people forget, you know, how many rural Americans there are out there and what kind of impact we can have. I mean, certainly not to get political, but supposedly rural Americans voted in our president. So I started thinking about that and I was like, well, if they can do that, then why can't they support me on uh, social media? All I have to do is figure out how to connect with them. And that niche market or that niche market It's actually huge. There's so many rural Americans, country boys, country girls, that um, they don't want that Instagram perfect fake life. You know, we allow them to see, I mean, my grandfather just passed away in um, Abilene, Texas. I went actually in Lawn, which is a town of like 300 south of Abilene. I went down um, and I documented that trip to driving my dad down to Texas with my kids. Um, I didn't document the funeral, but I, they knew that's where I was. I took pictures on my family's farm that we've had since the 1800s um, coming back up, you know, and it's very real. You know, I tell them, oh my gosh, I've been shopping all day. My feet are swollen. Today I'm emotionally exhausted after going through all of this and cleaning up graves and putting out flowers, you know, like these are things that we go through as real people. And I think just sharing that, um, we've become this really unique influencing couple and family where we're relatable. And um, if you are looking to make a difference on social media, just be real. That's the one thing that I can say is like, um, don't be afraid of saying, oh my gosh, today I'm having a hard time. I woke up with a headache and a stomach ache, but it was important for me to be here. And so I want you to know that, like, don't be afraid to share that. It, it makes you a real person and it makes people want to do business with you. They want to see you succeed. You become one of them. So create a community. It would be my biggest uh, piece of advice when it comes to social media. Well, and it's outstanding advice. And there's so many things we could talk about. We could spend the rest of the afternoon. Uh, I know, uh, uh, speaking of tough days, you don't feel your top today. Uh, we probably should bring this to a close uh, and let you rest. But, gee, the the story you tell, the success you've had, uh, is the kind of stories we're looking for on the Wisdom by WESA podcast. The show notes and links from today's show can be found at www.wisdombywisa.com. We'd always love to hear your feedback. There's a contact link on that website. 
The Wisdom by Wisa show will be published on the 15th and 30th of every month. You can listen on most of your favorite podcast players. You can also listen on the Horse Radio Network app on your iOS or Android phone. You just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and it's super easy to use. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom by Wisa podcast. Wisa, where the industry meets.